Hello and welcome to the Semi and Kelly podcast, where it's a good day if we do not get attacked by a dog. Now I've got a story about this. There was this one time when I was out jogging, because that's what I do, and I completely got bailed up by, I think it was like a bull mastiff, and it was massive. I got bailed up by this bull mastiff, pinned up against a fence, it bit me, like not to get dramatic, drew blood, drew blood from my arm, almost died. Anyway, I was that hysteric. Anyone who's ever been bitten by a dog, it is a traumatic experience. Just scares the fuck out of you and it always comes left field. The owner came out, called the dog off me. I was hysterically crying. And you know how you get in that state where you're like, <laughs> like I couldn't even pull a sentence together. I was very young. Jokes. It was like five years ago, I was 30. Anyway, she must have really gone into like a panic mode that I was going to get her dog put down or something like that. So she came out. I always run with a hat, like a really closed in hat, because I spend too much money on Botox to fuck my skin up in the sun. So I wear like in the most intense hats. When I run, I have hats that like where you can just see my eyes because I don't want skin damage, okay? So she come out and she's like, oh my God, he doesn't usually do this, which is what all owners say. I don't know why they fucking say that. And it, number one, I don't believe them. Number two, I don't believe them. But anyway, she was like, come in, come inside, come inside. He doesn't usually do that. It was because of your hat. It was because of your hat. I was that fucking hysteric. She's like, come in. Now, a normal person would tell her to get fucked, not me. I went inside the fucking yard and took my hat off. I don't know why I do these things. I was just in a state. I was like, <laughs> she, and then I took my hat off and she said, he's not usually like this. Just pat him. Just give him a pat. He's not like this. I was like, I don't want to pat your dog. That's how fucking hysteric I was. And then she was grabbing my hand and moving it, like patting her dog. I don't know what's worse. The fact that she was doing that or the fact that I was letting her do that. I just didn't, I think I just didn't really know what the fuck was going on. I was beside myself. She was saying, I said, I think that you need to put up a sign to say that your dog is savage. That was me. She was like, yeah. And she's still moving my hand like patting her dog. It was the most fucked experience. After that, I went and got a tetanus shot. I was actually pregnant with my daughter at the time, but she obviously turned out okay but it was fucking terrible looking back now you know I really should have told her to get fucked but I don't know is what it is (laughs) welcome back to the season of dear boot camper episode two the worst part is I recorded this entire podcast yesterday and then I listened back to it and it sounds like I have a hessian bag over my head and you don't know if I'm like talking to you about how to make your life better if I'm going to blow myself up. It sounds very like questionable. Is it a terrorist or is it someone who's going to help us with our lives? So I'm driving back from work at the moment. I teach around 45 minutes away from where I live. So I have this drive on the way home to re-record it. So I'm just going to do it. The episode that I recorded yesterday that I'm re-recording now is actually on sugar addiction. I'm also drinking this amazing coffee. It's on sugar addiction. I have this story of when I did a body sculpting competition. I've done a few body sculpting competitions. I feel like fucking everyone does body sculpting competitions now. Whatever. I got given this 12-week 
food program. I didn't get given it. I paid for it. For anyone who's ever purchased a food program, they are that much fucking money. This one cost me $1,000, $1,000 for someone to tell me to eat chicken breast and broccoli. That was basically it. And then like on a Thursday, I got to have like two tablespoons of oil. And then they're always endorsed by some sort of a fucking company. So it's like you need to have a teaspoon of oil and then 12 tablets of like... I don't even know what they do. I don't even know what they do. I could never sell products for the life of me. People who like are into those pyramid schemes and stuff like that, I always seem to get messages where they're like, yeah, you know, this product changed my life. But I don't know if it did. And I'm a really big one for you better goddamn look the part before you sell this shit to me. And if they don't look the part, like I go for a bit of a stalk, I wouldn't look at it anyway. But I really am not a fan of products. The most success that I've ever seen anyone have is when they quit sugar and basically broccoli. But you can't really like, pyramid market broccoli oh maybe you can dry it out and blend it up and sell it as a powder but I can't buy the apples of being endorsed I don't know any products that are that good and protein tastes like asshole anyway went on this 12-week program had to pop a lot of pills had to buy all that shit from her too because obviously she gets a 20% discount or some shit whatever anyway it was a thousand dollars Followed it for 12 weeks, this program. Lost a fuckload of weight. Now, yesterday we had our boot camp sign on and everyone loves a food program. Everyone loves one. And they want you to write one for them. I reckon I have about 80 on my computer that I've written. And if you Google, if you look up diet plan food program whatever in 1.2 seconds it will find 1.8 billion results and I said to the girls it doesn't matter which one you pick fucking pick one go for it they're all gonna work every single one of them's gonna work if you follow it to a T it's gonna work but you're not gonna follow it to a T if it's nothing like how you already eat you got no fucking hope you've created all these habits whether you have breakfast don't have breakfast if like you like to I don't know, if you skip meals, if you have big meals, small meals, whatever, you've created those habits for a reason. So if you go on one of these plans and it's nothing similar to how you already eat, there's only so long that your self-control and discipline are going to kind of hang in there for you. So anyway, I went on this 12-week program that cost me a 1000 That's probably why I was able to stick to it for 12 fucking weeks because it was $1,000. I lost all this weight, went and did my comp. I won my comp, just so you know. Not that it really means anything. There was only like, I think in that one, like two people in the category anyway. Won the competition. And then the moment that I got off stage, I had one. No, I just started with one Oreo Easter egg. I had one Oreo Easter egg. And I tell you what, I didn't stop eating for fucking three months. And not just eat, binge eat. Yesterday at our boot camp sign-on, I did this picture up on the slideshow of Heimlich. I don't know if anyone's seen a bug slide, but you know that nice big fat caterpillar and that he goes, when I grow up, I will be a beautiful butterfly. So I put up a picture of him and then I put a picture up of Flick, which is the ant out of a bug's life, you know, the skinny ant with a nice booty. And then I put another picture of Heimlich again. So I went Heimlich, Flick, Heimlich. Then I wrote before boot camp, which was the fat caterpillar. And then after boot camp which was the skinny ant and then after after boot camp which was back to the fat caterpillar and because I see it all the fucking time everyone's motivated for that 12 weeks and I have no fucking doubt that if I gave them and they could make me look good these bitches could make me look good I could give them a food plan they could like fully all out follow it for the nine weeks they're going to gain it all back so what I want for my girls is to have this life mindset 
I don't care what type of meal plan that they choose or how they decide to eat, but it has to be similar to how they already are. I will talk a little bit about fasting towards the end of this boot camp because I love fasting. It works for me, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Whatever works. Anyway, I'm going to talk about, got a bit sidetracked there. I am going to talk about sugar addictions today because sugar addiction is a real thing. It's an addiction. I messaged all of the boot campers and I said, message me your weakness, whether it's food, like food or alcohol, whatever, message it back to me. Everyone, except for one person. I've got about 40 people in my boot camp. One girl wrote back and just said that she does want to get fitter. So I presume that she's naturally one of these Uh, fast metabolism people so those people which is exciting for them they just really want to get toned because they got nothing really to drive them they're luckily nice and thin but anyway that aside everyone had a carbohydrate which is a sugar derivative weakness so it is an addiction we just kind of think I don't think we take it as serious as we should because you can freely just buy it off the shelves but it is an addiction if it was so fucking easy just to give up None of us would be struggling with our weight because it's not fucking fat that makes us fat. Sugar makes us fat. So even those people who are like, I like savory, no, you like pastry. Like you like pastries that have like salt flavors on them. It's still a fucking sugar. So everyone has this as a weakness. I worked once with this psychologist, Mark, and he specialized in addiction so he would say to me, well, he did say to me, that sugar is just as much an addiction as alcohol, cocaine, heroin, whatever. And he said, not only that, is that you can't cut back. Like you can't say to an alcoholic, you know what, we're just going to cut your alcohol down to half today and we're going to wean you off it. I mean, sometimes there's extreme cases, I think, where they might fit or something like that. And when you're trying to quit sugar, you'll have those um, detox symptoms of like headaches some people go as far as vomiting da, da, da. but anyway you can't cut back as a general rule you can't cut back because for me like for an example I have a shocking sugar addiction especially at the moment I've given it up in periods of my life and then something quite traumatic will happen well not really traumatic but something will happen and then I'll just go back to the sugar again to fill the sadness in my stomach but he said you have to give up cold turkey when it comes to an addiction because You can't get a hit from a lower level, so your brain will crave more. So if you tried to cut back by half, like, have you ever gone, you know what, I'm just going to have one, treat myself, those are the words, I'm just going to treat myself with one Freddo frog, and then all of a sudden that one Freddo frog, it look, it just goes back to a family mud cake from Woolworths that you don't even eat the base of, you just cut the top off and eat it like a pizza. That might just be me, whatever. But anyway, you do need to quit cold turkey. And you'll go through the symptoms of, you know, the detox just like any other drug. I'm just telling you guys this because at the moment I'm trying to quit sugar. This is my goal. This is my goal for all of the boot campers as well. I did say to them, look, everyone wants a meal plan. But who the fuck are we kidding? Everyone knows how to eat healthy. And if people say to me that they don't know how to eat healthy, I'm actually going to call bullshit on that. Because it's that rubbed in our faces now. We all know what to do. Basically, anything that has more than two ingredients in it is probably not healthy for you. So I'm trying to like completely eliminate sugar. When I say that, I am still eating fruit, etc., etc. I'm trying to get healthier choices of sugar. Yesterday was my first day of doing this. It was hard. I opened up the fridge. I mean, today's day two. I'll let you know how I go. I opened up the fridge yesterday and my sugar cravings were just 
next level. Just to give you an idea of how much sugar that I eat, for me to wake up and eat like half a family tub of Nutella for breakfast is nothing. Like that's just nothing. That's just like a walk in the park for me. And like I'm going to admit that I'm not like the greatest parent when it comes to food either. My kids eat cereal for breakfast. Gone are the days where we think the carbohydrates are the number one form. You know on the food pyramid where down the bottom it used to say your number one form of um, eating, or not your number one form, like your highest quantity of food should be carbohydrates. But that food pyramid was sponsored by a breakfast company. So all of those doctors were paid to make that food pyramid that's been in our face for 20 years. That's gone now. We know better. I still feed my kids cereal for breakfast. That aside, the minute that I make them their breakfast, I start picking at it. So I start picking at their food or like whatever, their wheat bix Cocoa Pops, whatever. This is another thing with sugar. If you have it once, so let's just say you decide one day to have, this is how addictive it is. If you decide to have a chocolate bar at one o'clock on a Thursday, the same time, I think it's only once or twice that you have to do it, the same time the very next day you will crave it. So for me, I've created this wonderful habit where I wake up and my body's like, you know what, it's time for Nutella. And I'm like, okay, I, yay. So I'll just go and eat it. That's how off tap I am. I'm lucky to have anything nutritious during the day. And because of it, I have these quite, I wouldn't say they're super intense. I wouldn't say I'm bipolar, but you do have these like ups and downs with your emotions because you'll have like a sugar high and then you'll have this big drop where you're so fucking tired. Like it feels like behind your eyes are tired because your body's trying to process this shit, which is sugar. So anyway, I've made this great decision with my boot campers that I'm going to quit sugar with them. That's what I'm pushing on them, this boot camp, is give it a red hot go to quit it, find some alternatives, da 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 Another reason that I have had crazy sugar addictions as well as been really emotional like I'm definitely an emotional eater I feel like 97% of women are emotional eaters I gave up sugar for 12 months shit you not I went to hypnosis got hypnotized to quit sugar true story I quit for 12 months then I was half kind of seeing this guy I really quite liked him and he didn't like me I am as shocked as you. He didn't like me, despite how funny I am. He didn't like me, and I was really quite heartbroken about this. It was quite, you know, I like to say it's pathetic, but I was really sad about it. So after 12 months of not eating sugar, I went back to eating sugar again because my sister, she's quite, she's one of these people who I think believes that your brain is disconnected from your body. She's very pro I mean, I don't know if she's still like this. I haven't seen her for a while because she lives in Europe. But she's very pro, like, are you having a sad day? I think it's, you know, if you're sad, it's time to go on antidepressants. Oh, you're feeling a bit excited? Mm, Time to go on any anxiety. Like, she doesn't like to look into anything. It's not her style. So with this information that I'm about to give you, she would be like, fucking wow, where did you get that information? From Google, Nancy. From Google. Okay? I confirmed it on Google that your stomach actually has the same amount of neurons as a cat's brain. I googled this, said it's true. I found several sites that confirm this, so whatever. Your brain's number one job is to protect you from pain. 
that's its job. So when you wake up, I'm going to give you an example of what it does. When you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and you've got a 5.30 training session, its job is to stop you from being hurt. I don't care what anyone says. Exercise isn't enjoyable. I exercise all the fucking time. It's just that I focus on the end result, which is enjoyable. I don't focus on what's coming because it's fucking painful. So it'll like rack your brain, will literally pull out any files that it has to to give you any excuse not to go to that training session because that's its job. So before an emotion even comes up of something that's painful, there'll be a trigger, but you won't even recognize it because your brain is so fucking clever. It'll be like, oh, I can feel that emotion. I can feel it. And in your stomach, we all hold emotions in our stomach. You know, that sick feeling that you get when you, people get stomach ulcers from being stressed. It's not a coincidence. There's so much emotion in your stomach. Your brain's so clever. The emotion will start to come up and it'll be like, hold on a second. This is going to bring me pain. But you know what's going to dull the emotion before I can feel it is sugar, like a heavy food, a carbohydrate. So before you know it, you're like strolling on over to the fridge and fucking stuffing your face. This is a true story. And then you beat up on yourself. So you're like, oh my God, I have no self-control. I'm so worthless. And that's fucking not even what's going on. When I did that 12-week program, like I was able to stick to it. But at the end of the day, all the emotional baggage that I had hadn't been dealt with. So for me, when I quit sugar, I get like quite a fair few emotions that come up too. Because I can't stuff it down with Nutella or bread. So I guess it's a good thing, but it's really hard. It never comes down to self-discipline and um, motivation. There's so much more behind it. Like whether you've created the habit of having it at the same time every day or whether you've got so much emotional baggage. I studied eating psychology for a year. And all, well, at the end of it, I got like a certificate that says, hey, you're an eating psychology coach. And one thing that I learned too is that sugar retards the part of the brain that tells you that you're full. So you can eat 10 times as much carbs or sugar than you can of, say, fucking broccoli. No one binge eats on broccoli, but you will binge eat on chocolate, cakes, you know, these heavy foods because you can't even tell that you're full. Or there's people who even say this. They're like, I have it or McDonald's doesn't fill me up. Yeah. Because you don't even know that you're fucking full. That's why. They're like, I don't feel satisfied. You're like, yeah. Because the part of your brain that tells you that you're full is fucked. So this is what sugar does to your brain. And there's like this real kinky name for, the, I can't think of it, like stimulus or something. Stim, I don't know. But, the, oh, the pleasure center. The pleasure center. Pleasure. It stimulates the pleasure center of your brain just like any other drug. Cocaine heroin, alcohol, whatever. I'm just telling you guys this so you're so aware of what's happening rather than beating up on yourself because that makes it worse. So if your brain's job is to make you feel good and to take you out of pain, that's its job. So for starters, you might have an emotion come up or you might have created the habit. So you'll go and eat all this sugar, right? Then if you beat up on yourself, I am the biggest fan of myself. Like that sounds like really like, why you can't, You can't like yourself. You can't be your own raving fan. You have to wait for other people to tell you that you're super good. Fucking no. I'm a huge fan of myself. And the only reason is that I never really beat up on myself because I know that fucking does nothing for me. If I was to eat a heap of shit, 
I don't ever get on the bandwagon of, oh my God, I'm going to start on Monday. Like, I can't believe I did that. I don't fucking do that because I know that it's not going to serve me. I'm like, yeah, I did do that. I don't know why I did it, but fuck it. I gave it my best goddamn shot. Like, it's fine. And I'll still exercise that day. I don't ever beat up on myself because I know that I might be, you know, what's that saying? Like, you're like 360 workouts away from a great body, whatever. I'm not going to beat up on myself because the only person that gets hurt by that is me. I don't even understand the point of that. I do, I was going somewhere with that, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. If So if you talk like shit to yourself, so you're already like miserable anyway and eating shit. And then if you talk to yourself like shit, you feel even worse. So you're more likely to go and eat more shit. And that's what people do. They beat up on themselves and then it's like fucking Tuesday. And they're like, that's it. I give up, I'm writing myself off, their body's like, the brain's like, yeah, we're just going to eat more sugar and be sad fuckers, that's what happens, and then we'll start again on Monday, there's a good chance you're not going to start on Monday, so just fucking be kind to yourself, get back on the horse, come to training that day, because you just might be like 280 workouts away from a great body, even though you just had a tub of Nutella, all right? So just go with it. If there's a couple, like if there's a piece of advice for quitting sugar that I could give you, like to go over a few things that I've said, is that unfortunately it is cold turkey. You can, like for me, I would never recommend not eating, um, you know, if you want to go keto, that's great. For myself, I'm still eating fruit. I'm still eating other forms of sugar. I'm just cutting out refined sugars for myself. I don't want to go too intense because otherwise I'll get to day three and then end up binging, like binge eating like 32 cherry ripes or some shit. So for myself, I'm just cutting out refined sugars. Another thing that I find really works is fasting. I find that fasting works. Might not work for you. But if you're able to like hold out until like 12 or 1, your sugar cravings are a lot less intense. If you're able to do that regularly, you know, that really helps as well. I also listen to this amazing podcaster, Francesca Amber, and she talks about your five pillars of life. So I think one's like, this is just a general overview. Don't know if it's right, go with it. Like relationships and love, health and fitness, your career, I think money is one, and then like your spiritual journey might be one. But basically she says, if you can keep four of those pillars up and running, it'll be able to pick the other pillar up. So if you're an emotional eater, for example, and I, this isn't the first time I've ever seen this. I've been in the industry for such a long time and specifically worked with women that if they're in toxic relationships, good luck with fucking dropping weight. Like, no fucking way. You can find all the diets that you want. But a relationship plays such a massive role in your life and you'll push it down like a dog with food and it'll just be this real fucked up cycle. Like this is just an example. Maybe this isn't you. But for example, if one of your pillars, which is your relationship with your partner, is is dying, if it's dying and that's what's causing you to binge eat, keep the other pillars up. So your career and your um, exercise, you know, your health and whatever other pillars that I said because I can't remember. If you keep those pillars up, they'll pull the other pillar up so that eventually you'll be able to really fix that other pillar. So if you binge eat and it's emotional, keep the other areas intact. Still exercise because eventually 
that's going to give you a clearer head to deal with whatever the fuck is going on in your life. That's another little bit of advice that I got off a podcast I listened to the other day. But otherwise, the fasting, cold turkey, unfortunately, and don't be too hard on yourself. At boot camp, like when we had the sign on yesterday, I showed this wonderful video, which is always my most favorite video to show. And it's this little mouse, he like cruises up and there's this cheese there and he's like full snacking on this cheese. And I said, look girls, this is you eating your mud cake, okay? I don't know what their weaknesses are, wine, whatever. He's eating it, neck minute, snap, fucking gone in his little mouse trap. And he's laying there and they've got that song playing. This is the end, my only friend, the end. He snapped under his little trap. This is you girls. This is what I was saying. Next minute, he like full does his bench press with the little mouse trap, like dun, 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 dun. I was like, get back on the horse. You can do this. Just because you eat shit doesn't mean that everything in your whole entire fucking life has to fall apart like be kind to yourself bench press that fucking so i know i said snatch bench press bench press that trap i love that video and just to leave you look that's all i've got to say about sugar addictions well it's not all i've got to say i've got so much to say about it i'll probably do podcasts on it for years because i can fucking relate to it that's why story of my life I've got this great story about being kind to yourself. Like, I'm the queen of being kind to myself. I do not have OCD. I really don't. I know so many people are. I have OCD. But OCD is a killer. Like, so many people don't even start things unless they're going to do everything 110%. They just don't even bother doing it. That is not me. I don't have OCD. I literally, my life motto is fucking close enough is good enough. I will give myself full kudos just for giving something a go. Anyway, once upon a time when I was trying to be an influencer, this is a true story, when I was trying to pretend that I had my shit together, it was just a joke. I Look, no, I'm so glad I've gone past that part of my life, but I was trying to pretend to have my shit together and I put this post up on Facebook and I was about to do a comp and I was like posing photos of my muscles and shit, you know those people, and I was like, you know, Tony Robbins says, burn the boats, I've booked my flights, there's no turning back now, hashtag empowerment, hashtag commitment, hashtag discipline, but anyway, then, I think I was like 40, oh, hashtag 40 days out from comp, everyone's like comments on there, you know, everyone's false as fuck on Facebook, Everyone's like, yeah, you go, girl. If anyone can do it, it's you. You're so inspirational. I'm like, yeah. Like walking around like, yeah, this is like external approval. This is what I need in my life. Fucking hell. Post it. Anyway, you know how I was telling you earlier, there was that guy that didn't like me. Oh, you guys would remember because you're probably still in shock. How How could you not like someone that's so fucking funny? I'm as shocked as you. Anyway, then... I was leading up to come. I just ate all this food. I just couldn't stop eating because I was so sad. <laughs> I was so sad that someone had rejected me. And I ate all this food. Didn't even fucking make it to the comp. Like, who cares? Just went quiet on Facebook for a while. Everyone's like, how is your comp? I'm like, how's your face? Fuck off. <laughs> but I mean, I just rebound. Like, I've come a, like, a bit of a way. This actually wasn't that long ago. So look at me. I'm like, I've come a long way since then. Mm, it was six months ago. <laughs> No, it's a bit longer than that. But my point being is, like, be kind to yourself. Who cares? People do this. Who fucking cares? You're going to go through all sorts of phases. Maybe you're on a diet. Whatever. And then you fucking up. Who fucking cares? No one cares. I saw this great... And Well, the only person who should really matter is you. So just be nice to yourself. I'm that nice to myself. 
I saw this quote the other day. I'm about to recite it. I'm going to leave you guys with it. Can hardly remember it. Not really sure how it goes. Should just quote myself. But it basically said, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Number one, it's like, who cares what they think? If anyone's fucking worried about your life or judging your life, I feel so sad for them. Because the only time that I'm a cunt to other people, it's usually because I sure is fucking quite miserable in myself. So I'll start like being a bitch to people because I'm like, yeah, look at you living your best life. Hope you fucking die. It's because I'm miserable. So if anyone actually gives a shit about your life, take a little bit of comfort in knowing that they're probably fucking miserable. Happy people aren't dogs. The second thing is, no one actually really fucking cares about your life. No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> I'm not saying that from a place of like, that no one gives a fuck about your life, but no one gives a fuck about your life. Like really, people would have seen that post. Like, yeah, somebody's, but it's not like they sit up at night and they're like, yeah, did you see Semi? Like she said she was going to go to that comp and then she turned into a fat fuck. No one fucking cares. No one cares. They got their own shit going on. And if they do care, it's because they got shit going on. They're miserable. I don't know what the quote was. Something like, some people care. And then some people, most people don't fucking care. Don't know what the quote was. But that's the quote that I'm going to leave you guys with. Anyway, have a wonderful day. Sorry that I didn't get to give you my first one that sounds like I'm a terrorist. Bye.